welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. This week, I am really excited to be joined by Kelly Russo. Kelly is a local Hampton Roads triathlete, and I've never talked with a triathlete before, so I am interested in learning more about this amazing sport. So, Kelly, you ready to go for a run? Is it no swim? Run, no, swim, bike, run. Is that right? Did I get them right? Yeah, you got it. Swim, bike, and run. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I. The, my biggest problem with a triathlon is that you have to swim. Huh. Yeah, most people feel that way when they get started, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, let's just kind of kick it off, and you can uh, tell us a little bit about who Kelly is and what you do when you're not out swimming, biking, or running. Hey, so it's interesting. I've kind of lived all over the United States with family and different career choices, but have been settled here in Virginia Beach for a little over two years now, going on three. Um, right now, I work for ADP, the payroll company. So if you haven't heard of it, it's not ADT, the alarm system. It's automatic data processing, the payroll system, uh, payroll company. And I'm a payroll implementation specialist. I love my job. It's a lot. It's complicated, but I really like it. I feel like I found a great home at ADP. I've been there for almost two years. So um, like I said, I had kind of moved around the United States prior to uh, living here in Virginia Beach. So every time I lived somewhere, I would fall in with a different running group. So I've got some running friends from all over the United States. So that's kind of cool. That is awesome. So where did you grow up, Kelly? So I grew up in Washington State and then lived there for a number of years. And then I kind of made a career switch in my early 40s and ended up working as a sign language interpreter for a contract agency. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And so the thing with an agency is you move around from year to year. And I thought it might be a nice way to see the country and kind of get away from the West Coast for a while. So the first place I ended up living was Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And right before I moved there, I had started working on a couch to 5K and then a couch to 10K type of program on my phone and was kind of starting to run a little bit, but I was pretty new to it. So I moved about 3,000 miles across the country, pretty uh, far away. Yeah, and when no I moved kidding. To, yeah, when I moved to Myrtle Beach, um, I didn't really know anyone and I knew I'd be there for at least a year. So I was kind of looking to meet people. So I found a running group. That's awesome. Were you athletic before that? Because you seem to me to be a pretty stout athlete. You know, not really. I never was as a kid. I think maybe in my earlier adulthood, you know, I tried some different things like skiing and rollerblading. I don't think I was particularly good at anything, but had never really run before. Okay. Um, I just thought it would be a great way to augment my fitness at the time and seemed like a great hobby to maybe try to get into. Awesome. So your first run group was down in Myrtle Beach. And was that like three, four years ago? Or Yeah, that that? was actually in 2016, 17. So it's been a bit ago. Okay. I ended up starting with like a Tuesday night run group, meeting some people, joining up for like some type of a 5k training program. And then you know, all of these friends that I knew, all of a sudden they were like running these like half marathons and marathons and races every weekend. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is all new to me. You know, maybe I, I could run, train for a half marathon. So I ended up going out for a long run, quote unquote. And I uh-huh. say long, like I had been run up to about seven miles before then, you know, at least a few times, six, seven, I could probably do, but it never gone past that. 
I did have a friend tell me that, oh, if you can do seven, you can do 10. There and you I didn't go. really know. <laughs> too that's much how you stumble running. into it, you know, Kelly. That's that's how all <laughs> runners get tricked into it. If you can do three, you can do five. If you can do five, you can do seven. If you can do seven, you can do ten. If you can do ten, you can run a marathon. Right. And at the time I really didn't know too much about long runs. Like okay. I didn't know they were supposed to be an easier pace and slower. So when I went out to try to do my first 10 miler, I ended up kind of getting some a knee issue. It was probably just IT band stuff and maybe not the right shoes, but was, you know, not frustrated, but was like, okay, this long running thing I really need, don't get, I need some help on it. Okay. So at the time, a Fleet Feet had just opened in Myrtle Beach, a new store, like there was not a Fleet Feet prior to that. And I think on out one of my subsequent long runs, maybe once I got some better shoes and so forth, I ran into a group that was training for the Myrtle Beach Marathon through that Fleet Feet. There was, you know, like a group run program, right. ran into their coach at, you know, kind of a local gas station where people were refilling their hydration packs and stuff. And uh, I mentioned to her that I was trying to do a half marathon, but really didn't know much about, you know, doing any long runs and was still pretty new to running. And she's like, you know, she's like, you probably don't want to do a full marathon yet, but if you want to train for the half marathon, you can join our training group. Cool. So with the help of that coach, I ended up, you know, this was just a running group. Lots of people were training for a marathon. Um, she at least gave us some type of a long run plan, you know, okay. weekly and kind of, you know, kind of a pace range and target miles to hit each weekend. So I ended up doing my first, what I consider my first quote unquote long run race, which was a 15 K in January of 2017. And that was the North Myrtle beach winter run. Okay. And I actually, I ran it at what I thought was going to be, you know, like my half marathon pace. Um, so I was like, hey, you know, I did over nine miles this is awesome. And then, you know, I built up to 10, 11 and 12. And then my first half marathon was the Myrtle Beach half marathon in 2017. And is that a fall marathon or? That's a spring marathon. Spring so marathon. that's in March. Okay. Yeah, in March. So I was very nervous again, because I hadn't done that type of mileage beyond like 12 miles before. Before I went, I heard about the quote unquote pacers. Okay. So when I got there, you know, cause I was really unsure if I could hit my goal time and I was shooting for like two hours kind of thing. I found the two hour pacers and both of them had done two hours, you know, like several times it was just, you know, back of the hand for them. I met them. I said, Hey, I'm trying to hit two hours today. It's my first half marathon. And boy, I stuck to those guys like glue. That's awesome. So how I'm intrigued. Cause I mean, most people don't realize that there's pacers and that type of stuff. Did, had you heard about pacers before yeah. that or how, how did you do that? So some of my friends in Myrtle Beach, even people I know to this day, especially a couple people, they had paced on a regular basis. And I think I had just heard the terminology among some of the more experienced runners in the area that either had run with a pacer or they paced themselves. So we knew about that um, from them. Okay. And so the good thing was, is I ran with the two hour pacers. Um, and even though I had a little bit of knee pain periodically, I ended up exceeding my goal time. And I think I finished in 157.38 or so for my first wow. half. For your first half, you broke yeah. two. That's awesome. That's, that's incredible. So that was 2017. Mm -hmm. So did you just keep on building? And like, when did the first marathon happen? You know, I did. I, I liked it 
liked the distance, but still felt I wanted, you know, I would still kind of feel like, well, I'd got to do a shorter run that would be easier, but the longer run seemed a bit complicated. So shortly after that, I did another half marathon. It kind of a uh, two other half marathons that spring and was still feeling like I needed some coaching. So I got with another coach and I did train for my first marathon over the next year. So my first marathon was in the next year at the Myrtle Beach full marathon in 2018. Cool. Wow. So from half marathon one year to the marathon next year. So what was your first marathon time? Um, I think I was 430 something. It was a really, really windy day. And I it started with the 415 group, but there was some really intense wind. That race can be notoriously windy in some spots and, and ended up with just a bit over 430 or 428-ish. Still a time. Yeah, that's awesome. So now you've gone from run, just running half marathons mm-hmm. and marathons to you've paced a bunch of them also, haven't you? Yes, I have. And I love the pacing. I started out, the first time I paced was actually the third half marathon I did. Um, I paced with someone else who is very experienced and there just kind of happened to be an opening. With It was the 2.30 pacing spot. I didn't really know too much about pacing, but through some friends, again, in the area, met someone that was coordinating for a race. And because they were pairing people together, uh, ran with a very experienced pacer and paced the 2.30 group. And then the following year when I moved, I ended up kind of branching out a little bit to try to pace for some other groups um, and do some other races. And then I've kind of continued as I've lived different places. Okay. So you, uh, Myrtle Beach, and when did you move from there? So I moved to Northern Indiana in 2018. I was only in Myrtle Beach for just about a year. Okay. Uh, And so I trained for my first marathon in Northern Indiana in the winter, which was tough. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um, That would not be warm. Yeah, I bought my first pair of running yak tracks and had to spend a little bit more time inside on the treadmill or like an indoor track. I remember doing a 16 mile run in my running yak tracks. Wow. But uh, so, yeah, I lived in Indiana. And then after that, I ended up moving to Georgia for two years before I moved here. How cool. And all as a contract interpreter for the hearing impaired, right? I did. Yeah. And it was a nice way to see the country. I sort of decided after I lived in Georgia that I'd like a bit more stability. So decided to kind of change gears a little bit. With the with the running, so you kept on running half marathons, marathons, pretty much. When did you all of a sudden get this crazy idea, I want to do a triathlon? So it's interesting, right? When I moved up here was at the beginning of COVID in okay. 2019. And so a lot of races were canceled, as you know. Um, but there were some, you know, virtual things online, you know, things you could sign up for for little or no cost, you could submit your time, you know, and, and kind of some fun challenges that a lot of different groups put on. Yeah. So one of the things that I found was the virtual rock and roll. So along with, well, you know, actual, you know, marathon, half marathon distances, they started putting out this virtual sort of triathlon, duathlon series called the VRR series. Okay. And they always had an option for people that didn't, that weren't swimming where you could do it as a duathlon. So like if there was maybe a, you know, a duathlon where you did a run, bike, run type of thing, and then you do it, you know, you'd save your watch data and you'd submit it for points or, you know, just just for something to do. 
And also the Striders that year were going to have their first duathlon as well in June. I think that's actually the first one I did and ended up being virtual. But I think there was still a small group of us that got together and did it. Um, and that was kind of like a sprint distance duathlon. And although I hadn't really trained much, I had gotten a bike and, you know, had been biking around a little bit here and there. So I did that first virtual sprint duathlon. And then afterwards, I started doing these kind of like virtual rock and roll challenges where maybe, you know, one weekend you do a certain distance and then the next weekend you do another one and, you know, kind of experimenting with some different distances and getting used to running after doing the bike ride. Okay. Wow. So you just kind of went for it. You just yeah. decided, okay, I, I like, did you bike before that? Like just recreationally or? I mean, I guess here and there, but not really. Okay. The interesting thing is in October of that year, there was sort of a kind of, I got it for kind of a, a little bit more intense challenge. So there like, maybe this was, I don't know if this was the last VRR, but it was one close to the end of that year. They put up this type of like six week build where you did sort of some increasing over the longer duathlons. And then you ended with, you know, you had like a certain time to complete it, but you ended up with basically a virtual full length duathlon. Wow. So that is a 26.2 run. And is it, it's not a century, is it? So it ended up being, you had to run like basically 2.4 miles because it okay. would be the equivalent of what the swim would be. You had to bike the 112 and then you had to run a full marathon. Oh my gosh. So you so, run 2.4, hop on a bike, ride mm -hmm. 112 and then run 26.2? Yeah. And the interesting thing is I picked a weekend to do it. I kind of worked with the running coach I had at the time, you know, to build it in. And the interesting thing is I hadn't biked ever over 56 miles and I had only done that once. Oh my gosh. Ah. You went from 56 to 112? Yeah. And um, I picked, I went up to the Capitol Trail with just a couple of friends to support as in, you know, drive their car, be a virtual aid station kind of thing like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think it, I think I had just gotten some aero bars and maybe I had a pair of bike shorts, I think. Oh my gosh. So I went up there on a day, kind of not, not what it looks like today, but it was a little bit rainy and kind okay. of, you know, a little bit cooler. It's in October, right? Yeah. So, you know, I run the 2.4, no issue. Hop on the bike for 112 miles when I've never done more than a 56-mile bike ride. And that was only You're one. insane. <laughs> so you ride all the way to Richmond and back. I actually did loops because, you know, I wanted to have like an aid station. Okay. didn't want to be that far away from a car, you know, not knowing the area. And that right. was maybe my... Second time on the Capitol Trail, maybe first, second, third time. So I'm not super sense. familiar with it. I got two flats in the rain. Oh my God. What uh, fun. There were fortunately a lot of people, even though it was a kind of a kind of a gross day that were biking that day. And there were even some people who would have been doing like some type of cross country bike ride. So I had some great people who stopped and helped me fix my flats. Okay. Didn't know much about biking. That greatly delayed my bike time. Not that it was been a great anyway. And I finished. So I did this bike ride. And I mean, I was just exhausted because yeah. I mean, I've never done that. Not well prepared. And then I ended up having a couple of friends do part of the marathon with me. That's because awesome. It, yeah. Beca and because of the flat tires, you know, some delays for that. Obviously, I wasn't as fast on the bike. 
I ended up finishing with about 10 minutes to spare before the wow. 17 hour cutoff. Wow. But you, but you finished. So yeah, yeah. that's quite the accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. So now this is all during the pandemic and everything. So right. obviously mm-hmm. not a lot of, you know, in-person races and everything. Right. Living an Ultralight is brought to you by Forge Glory Athletics. Forge Glory Athletics is a science-driven, client-proven, premier running company that instills strong, introspective pillars through disciplines of movement that award personal growth in multiple aspects of the athlete's life without injury. We must find the light within ourselves before others can follow. Christopher Guerra. So, like, how... When did you decide, okay, I'm going to try this swim thing, throwing that in there? Well, it's interesting. So after that duathlon, I was like, gosh, you know, I don't feel like I'm a very fast cyclist, but I can run, you know, a pretty good clip most of the time. This is true. Anybody who's run with Kelly knows that she's, she's got some, she's got some feet. So I was, I actually went to another group run here that somebody hosted um, my current triathlon coach, and I just happened to meet him at a group run he hosted. When I got there, you know, I, I told him about my little virtual duathlon thing with the bike and said, oh my gosh, and my back was really sore. You know, he's like, oh, did, you, did you ever bike that much before? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and, and we just talked very casually. And I met some of the other triathletes he was coaching at the time. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, since we started biking, her running's gotten faster and, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, this is interesting. So then over the next few months, as the year was drawn out to a close, I ended up doing a 50K. And, and I'm not a big ultra runner. It's, you know, something I've done like two different times. And, you know, it's great, but it's just really not my thing. Right. So what was but, your ultra? What was your 50K? I did the seashore here and I'd okay. only done one before and you know why I, I i did okay you know it's just it's just really not my cup of tea yep doesn't have to be i'm good with a marathon and that's it <laughs> there you go you don't uh, have to be insane like some of us are right. <laughs> but anyway as the year was drawn to a close i thought well if i wanted to do triathlons i would definitely have to get some type of a swim coach because you know i know how to swim but I was not like a star swimmer as a kid. In fact, I don't think I really learned how to swim until I was in like 1920, wow. taking a college classes to like get a little bit of technique. I knew I could get down to the end of the pool and back, but it never had a swim coach, nothing like that. Okay. Was this with Crush Endurance? Is yeah. That- okay. So I started talking to Chris at Crush Endurance over social media messages, kind of back and forth. And at first I was just kind of like, well, maybe he can just coach me in swimming. Then I started thinking, you know, that's going to be complicated. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to give him a shot and just, you know, he does triathlon coaching. I'm assuming he can coach me at running too. We'll just try it and see how it goes or probably make it a little bit easier. Okay. So I started with him in January of 2021. And the first time we went to the pool, you know, he's going to time these swimming 500 yards or meters, I'm probably yards. And, and I wasn't even sure how much swimming I could do. Like I knew I could get, I knew I could swim in the water. I was not going to drown or sink or anything like that. I knew I could probably get down and back basically. So I think one of those first 500 yard times, it took me like 18 minutes. Wow. Laboring a little bit. I'm, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, I'd stop and take breaks, you know, frequently, you know, I'd go down to the end, I'd take a break. 
I'd come back, you know, I was very slow. I didn't have any technique. Swimming is all about technique. I wasn't certainly like flailing or anything, but just had never had a swim coach, never any type of swim drill teaching or anything. So I started with him in January, 2021. So that was last year. And I kind of planned out my year. I thought, you know, if I could do a sprint triathlon, yeah, I could describe it a sprint triathlon because I'm, I'm not sure of the mileage. Yeah. So it kind of varies on who's putting on the event, but the swim would generally be doing between anywhere from either 300 to 500 yards or meters, the bike ride would be anywhere from like 10 to 12 miles. And then the run would be a 5k. So that, that's why they call it a sprint because everything is basically yeah. sprinting. Yep. Okay. So that's definitely shorter distance one. You know, sometimes there might be like a super sprint or it might vary a little bit, but it's generally about that distance. Okay. So I thought, well, if I could do a sprint, then maybe later in the year I could try an Olympic. So that's kind of the next bump up. The swim's about 1500. The bike is more like 25 or 26 miles and the run is a 10K. Okay. And then I thought, you know, the big goal this year would be to do a half Ironman, which would be the 1.2 mile swim, a 56 or like 56.2 mile bike ride, and then a half marathon. Okay. So I started with Crush Endurance in January, 2021. I ended up doing my sprint, which I did Smithfield. You know, it's got a pool swim, so it's great for first-time triathletes because you're right, not you're not getting path. pushed to the bottom of the yeah yeah. And you can seed yourself, you know, with others of similar speed. You know, you just get through it. It's very safe. It's not scary. They cater to a lot of newcomers. Okay. So I did it and I felt great. And I thought, well, let's go to the next one. So then in June of that year, I did the Jamestown Olympic. Now that was my first open water swim race. And I was definitely a little bit nervous. I think when I did Jamestown, I had had five open water swims total. Wow. Um, I had started with a group in Virginia Beach that meets like on Mondays in the morning real early and swims over um, by Bowie 44, like in the Bay. So I'd been out with them, you know, a few times. Crush Endurance had had a couple group swims. So yeah, it was probably that day was my fifth open water swim ever. Wow. Um, but I got through it. You know, it was, it, that actually was a pretty rough day with the water and I got out. Definitely was not at the end. Definitely was not at the beginning. Solidly kind of in the back of the middle, but didn't miss the cutoff or anything. And was, you know, hitting the distances. Um, and that one went well. Thought, well, the big goal for this year is going to be the half Ironman. So um, last year in last September, I did the Patriots, which is part of the kinetic multi-sport um, half Ironman for my first one. Okay. And by that time, you know, each time, you know, my coach would time me periodically, you know, like on a 500. And I mean, the drop was just dramatic. And by the time I did, you know, Patriots last year, I was swimming, you know, over 2000 yards regularly. Like it was no issue with the distance or anything That's like amazing. So you did your first half Ironman last year. Yep. And so did you come into this year thinking, okay, I'm doing the full Ironman? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I planned out my season this year, you know, like in January or so, I knew I wanted to do a full Ironman probably more towards the end of the year because I wanted to have some time to train. And then I kind of planned out, you know, some goal races in between. And I thought, you know, I really do want to have one half Ironman a bit earlier that I can kind of race. And then I want to have one a little bit closer to that to Florida, which is Ironman Florida is my full in November that I can use as preparation. And then I ended up, I did Smithfield again as well. Okay. Um, planned out my season, 
knowing that, you know, Ironman Florida would be the goal. And if you, I don't know if anyone follows me on Facebook or Instagram, but I've been posting like a weekly recap. You know, they since... should, they should be following you. Your recaps are phenomenal. I love reading them. Every, I look forward to them every week. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to post something every week. So I think we're on like going to be on week 39 this week. Um, so we've got about, uh, about five or six more weeks left until Ironman Florida. So been posting that recap every week but I knew that was going to be the goal this year and you know I tried to keep my race season a little bit toned back this year last year I also did a lot of running races I was gonna say you did you were crazy last year you did a yeah. ton of races last year <laughs> yeah and I PR'd like three running distances last year which was great but you know all good things come to an end and I felt like at the end of the season I was a bit burnt out so I decided to try to keep everything a little bit toned back this year knowing awesome. that I'd be airman yeah so now what is your target for Florida Ironman? Well, you know, it is my first one. I kind of took when I did Patriots here in September, I kind of took it a bit easier because I did end up getting my half Ironman PR in June at Eagle Man. So I did the Eagle Man half Ironman for 70.3 in June. I wanted to do an Ironman branded race before Florida to get that experience. And where was the, was that the one in Ohio or? That's in Maryland. Cambridge, Maryland. Okay. Yeah. And it's like half of Ironman Maryland. So it's great. It's a 70.3. I ended up getting my PR there. Um, so I was really excited. That gave me enough time to recover before like the real big Ironman training started. So when I did Patriots a few weeks ago, I kind of took it at a relaxed tone back training pace. Okay. Um, because I had to jump back into my regular training fairly quickly. And then also to kind of give me an idea for Florida of just continuing, you know, on. So I'm shooting it somewhere between, I would say, 14 and 15 hours, um, depending on, you know, the conditions and transition times. But I would say I'll hopefully by 14 and a half hours. That's kind of my goal. Awesome. That is so phenomenal. I'm, I'm just intrigued by the whole Ironman thing, because I know that I would be the one sinking to the bottom <laughs> during the swim. So what is the biggest difference in training for running and training for an Ironman? So when you're doing an Ironman, you're having to do all three sports and do them to a certain level. Um, there's always this meme you see, you know, go around. It's kind of funny. It says, why, why suck at one sport when you could suck at three? <laughs> You'll see for <laughs> triathlons. But I mean, it's about all three sports together. So you have to have a little bit of fitness, you know, in each one. So it's kind of knowing that, you know, swimming was kind of my weaker leg until this year. And now this year, my swimming and biking has kind of caught up more. So that's probably fairly normal. So it's kind of balancing everything in. And then also you have some really long days. And then also you have to do a lot of long runs when you've just done a really long bike. Okay. Um, so it's kind of putting everything together and developing a strategy that you're going to be able to do everything. I mean, this morning I swam two miles. Wow. And no, this weather. Well, I didn't swim outside. Today. Okay. I, <laughs> I was uh, going to say, and for those who don't, don't know, we've got Hurricane Ian, which is, I think now a tropical depression sort of hovering around us right now. So, yeah. And while I have swam in a few red flag conditions, I think this might be like exceed that. So <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah. You know, I was going to run back to go pick up my car today and my coworker said, no, no, I'll, I'll drive you over there. I, I don't know why it was just raining. So, yeah, <laughs> people think we're nuts. So you get the fitness in all three areas. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to, you've got to really build 
some strength, don't you? Yeah, it's definitely like for the swimming, like you develop a lot of muscle um, and strength to do that. You do strength training as well, of course, for the running and biking. I mean, the biking, you know, if you have any type of decent level of fitness, you know, you can be fairly fine on the bike. I don't feel like, I feel like biking something that, you know, if you're a runner and you can figure out how to bike and then run off the bike, you know, there is kind of, that does take a while to get used to. That's not really too hard, but putting them all three together is definitely the skill and kind of learning in the, the actual triathlon itself that, you know, when, when it's good to back off of one a bit. So, because you know, you're going to be doing all three together. Okay. Tell us about the challenges that you face as a woman, especially with all three of those things and some of the things that you do to make yourself at least feel a little bit safer and be able to get you out there doing your training and everything. Yeah, Mike. Well, thankfully in the Hampton Roads area, there are so many groups and other athletes and community out there to support you. So it seems like wherever you look, even with, you know, like open water swimming, or biking, there's a group of other athletes who are training on different weekends who are willing to host events and put things together so that you've got some type of a, you know, group context to go in, even if it's just other people knowing that you've left and started so that if you don't, you know, if for some reason something happens, they know where you're going to be kind of thing. Right. So thankfully, there's a lot of that in the running community. I've met, you know, people that I swim with during the open water swim season, Um, I took part in the Virginia Beach Lifeguard Open Water Swim Series this summer. So there's a lot of opportunities within the community and then just other athletes who are training for other distances and events that may, you know, put together trainings on the weekends um, or there's group runs in the evening. You know, I will say since the unfortunate thing with Eliza Fletcher, I have sort of been a little more cautious about running alone in the dark at night. Not that I haven't done it before, but I'm always letting somebody know where I'm at. Right. You know, have my phone with me when I'm going to, where I'm going, what route I'm taking and when I'm going to be back. Um, you know, there are some times, there's a lot of times, you know, when, as things start to get a bit darker that, you know, instead of being out on your bike outside, you may need to be inside on your bike trainer. Um, but hopefully that's not the majority of the time. And there's always other, you know, people who are training, maybe not even for the same event, but are out there doing things and banding together with those folks as kind of a safety net. Awesome. Okay. So I really appreciate your focus on that and everything. I'm really intrigued by the whole triathlon thing because it, it's it's intriguing to me for some reason. What would you tell somebody who's looking at approaching their first triathlon of any type? What would you recommend to them that they would do? I would say just to actually go for it and try it, you know, do, do some training, obviously get in the pool or the open water if you haven't done it before, but don't be afraid to try a shorter distance. There are people of all abilities that do these. So just try it out. You know, like the, the races that have the pool swims are great for first time triathletes because you're in a pool in a contained environment with lifeguards. Um, the sprint distances are pretty short, so they're easily doable. And then the other thing would be, you know, reach out to other groups, you know, friends may be able to train with you. There's lots of Facebook groups where people post questions. And then if you haven't been a swimmer your whole life, get some swim coaching or some swim lessons. Awesome. Clothing that you wear in these things, do you 
ever change clothes for going from swim to bike to run or do you wear the same thing? I I'm confused. So in my races, you know, I just wear my triathlon suit. If it might be like some type of a training on the weekend, maybe where I've done a swim and then I'm going to go out and run afterwards, that might be an option, you know, right. Obviously not under a time crunch or transition time worrying about that. So I, you know, will take the opportunity to uh, put a different outfit on. But yeah, during the races, I mean, some people do, they have changing tents at most of the full Ironman distances if people want to change. Um, But usually most people will just wear their triathlon outfit. Maybe they'll throw on some different socks, you know. Or something like that. Maybe throw on a pair of running shorts after the bike. But um, yeah, I generally just wear my triathlon suit. Okay, so stupid Mike question. You get off a bike. I, I'm i trying to picture after doing 50 miles on a bike and then trying to go for a run. Aren't your legs like refusing to do, because it's a whole different movement. How do you How do you convince your legs to do the right thing? So, you know, the first couple of times you do it, like, and when I say couple, I mean, maybe like five, six times, you do get that weird shaky leg feeling. Like I used to get that when I started doing the virtual duathlons, but at some point that goes away and you sort of learn, like you do feel a bit stiff at first. So you try not to go out too fast um, and give your legs a, a bit of time to adjust. And then you know, hopefully they start loosening and coming back some type of, you know, regular cadence in footfall eventually. And sometimes it takes a bit, you know, like I've done some, you know, some bricks, which is like a bike run. It's a triathlon train thing. A lot of people do where they'll bike and then they'll get off their bike and just run, you know, in preparation for the race. I've done some of those bricks where my legs felt kind of like I had kind of like a very stiff stride for a while. And then maybe after like, you know, two miles, everything loosened up, but you kind of get used to the feeling and it, that real feeling that most experience, most people experience the first few times your legs are like shaky and wobbly all over the place, right. that does go away after a while. Okay. So it does go away. Yeah. And when you get used to the transition, because I just think that would yeah, just be the strangest sure. thing. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, you definitely learn to not to go out too fast. You learn on the bike to make sure your nutrition is really good. Okay. So that, you've, that you've prepared yourself for the run. Most people don't of course, eat as much on the run. So the bike is really your time to take the calories in to make sure that you don't go into the run depleted or something. Okay. So more calories on, on yeah. the bike. Okay. Real that... food. Yeah. Okay. One of my, one of my triathlon friends who's very experienced told me probably about, I think a couple of years ago is just eat it up on the bike. So okay. <laughs> on the bike is when I put in my like real food, like I'm making some snacks for my hundred mile ride tomorrow. And, you know, one of the, I try to throw in more like a real food type of stuff on the bike, whether it's bars or little small snacks or stuff uh, awesome. to calorie intake. Awesome. That would be my biggest thing is trying to figure out what nutrient, because I know what to do on a run. Obviously, I've, I've done enough really long ones, but yeah, the whole bike thing, that makes sense because you're not, you're not taking as much of a pounding on a bike and yeah, so you can probably exactly. hold down a lot more calories. Your stomach's not getting jostled, so you can eat quite a bit more on the bike. It's kind of almost like doing the ultra, you know, where you've got to, you just want to eat, you want to eat it up on the bike for sure. So I do, I do a lot of real food on the bike and then I save my gels for when I'm on the run. Awesome. Man, I really appreciate you joining us, Kelly. And I look forward to everybody listening to this because it's kind of a, a different take 
on the whole living an ultra life, which of course is, you know, living a full life, not you have to run an ultra marathon. So <laughs> thank you so much for joining of us. Course. It's been yeah, awesome. It's been awesome. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.